Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Um, So I'm just going to show you my family really quick. I'm going to bring up a pic. Um, I've got three beautiful kids, Sienna, um, Jesse and Cleo. Um, And this is our church at Silverwater, which is awesome. And I wanted to show you that because that building started out as a vacant warehouse cement slabs on the ground, cement slab walls, and then by God's grace and uh, a move of God really, it got fitted out and it now functions as this church auditorium. And I want to show you, to encourage you, this is what happens. This is what happens when it's, it's a God thing and you're in the midst of a God thing and take photos and, and, and keep, keep account in your heart because this is where you're going this is where you're going. This multiple, multiple people. This is this is going to be a bustling, awesome church. Do we put the family photo up as well? That's cool. That's that's my other family. I've got my natural family, and then I've got those guys. It's awesome. Okay, I'm going to preach today out of Matthew three two, and it says, "And saying, repent." Oh, wow! Are we friends already? I just I just dropped the R word. That's not fun. Most people start with love and joy and peace and hope, but here I am. I've had two seconds with you, and I've dropped the R word. I think that's very ambitious of me. I really hope that we can still be friends. (laughs) Um, But here's the breakdown of repent, which I think is really interesting. Uh, It says, think differently, change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your conduct, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent, think differently. You know, I appreciate that I'm speaking to a group of people from all different walks of life and many of you are mature believers who have been seasoned in the house of God and have a well-established faith um, and relationship. But can I admit with you today that by our human nature, we drift. We drift, not necessarily from Jesus as saviour, but probably, yeah, from Jesus as Lord of certain parts of our life. Uh, we, we have this natural drift and many times we need a jolt to bring us back and get us realigned to our true north and back on course um, because it's our human nature to kind of wander off track, wander off course a little bit. Um, and repent means return to the Lord. For me, it means return to the Lord, return from that drift. And this is how I see it. In my moments of repentance, it's literally turn around and walk back to the Lord. Wherever I've gone, wherever I've drifted to, turn around, reposition and walk back to the Lord. Where selfish ambition or pride has gotten a hold of a part of the territory of my heart, turn around, return to the Lord. That's what repentance looks like for me. Now, repentance is actually not an ugly thing. It's a very necessary thing because we are human by nature and we have to keep training our heart and our soul and our life to get back into that sweet spot, our relationship with the Lord, that place where he has complete dominion and authority of all territory of our heart because I find we like to hold one little pocket to ourselves, don't we? Just like to keep that little area over there and it's just got my name over it, but rather he calls us to give territory to every part of our soul and life. Um, And, you know, I'm going to give us an opportunity at the end of the service here today to return to the Lord. There are even Christians in the room today, sometimes even leaders in the room, need to uh, re-navigate back to the Lord and even ask the Lord to come as our Lord and Saviour again and just give our heart and our life again and place Him at the centre again. You know, it's not a bad thing. I I think, unfortunately, pride gets the best of us sometimes. And at that salvation altar call moment, we remain in our seat because it's like we've done this before, but we drift. 
And therefore, we actually need to get back on the altar again. And it's good to get back on the altar. Better to be under the heat back on the altar than off in that lukewarm, cool place of complacent, safe living in our walk with God. Our walk with God is meant to have a bit of heat on it. We're meant to go from strength to strength. And we find that we grow from strength to strength when we're right in the center, right under the heat, right near with him. So, um, you know, uh, my little eight-year-old daughter now came to me uh, a few years ago and she was having hard hearing, um, hearing in her right ear. And I had a little bit of a look and um, I was amazed to find uh, that there was a seed, like from multigrain bread, that had somehow like lodged itself in her ear. I, I, I personally don't know what children don't do in the playground at lunchtime with their sandwiches. It just astounds me. How in the world did she get that seed in her ear? I've got no idea. Um, but, you know, being a mum, we wear a lot of different hats. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be surgeon today. <laughs> I don't advise that you do this at home. Lauren, when you have children, I don't advise that you follow my lead on this. But it was, it was necessary at the moment, so I took the tweezers I took a deep breath. I told her to be very, very still. And I dislodged that little seed from out of her ear and pop, immediately she had clear ear hearing in her ear. I felt like Benny Hinn Christian. I was like, wow, I've got a new healing gift. It was amazing. And, you know, she had clarity again in her hearing and everything returned to normal. Well, actually, repentance is a bit like that. There are moments where there is a dislodging of something in our thinking that gives clarity again. It pops and it gives clarity where there's been a blockage or a distraction or a, a, a dampness or a, um, a, a blurry kind of feeling. It brings clarity again. It illuminates and we find we can get back on course. We need to think different. We need these blockages and distractions removed so that we have clarity and we walk with clarity. Now, if I was to summarize that um, Matthew script the kingdom of heaven is at hand, therefore think different. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, therefore think different. You know, church is an active place, not passive. This is an active place. We come into an atmosphere that enlarges us. We get under that worship, and what's happening in that worship is that it's enlarging us. We're leaning in our spirit person that can sometimes be feeble and weak and a bit sluggish, get stirred up, and we expand on the inside when we engage with that powerful worship that Lauren led us in today. It enables us, when we come into this atmosphere, it enables us to see beyond ourselves. This is a room of big people. The call of God is on each and every one of our lives and we are not called to ordinary lives because we know Jesus Christ. We are partnering with the most powerful force of heaven. He made the universe. He made us. We are completely able in partnering with him. We have the most powerful wingman on the face of the earth and that is Jesus Christ. He is with us. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Therefore, think different. We take on a heavenly perspective. And that's why I walk in here today. And what you've heard me articulate in the first part of this service is the heavenly perspective on what God is doing in this place and reaching out into the community and beyond the walls of this place. It's a heavenly perspective. Um, you know, it was funny. Um, on the plane from Sydney um, down to the sunny coast, I got seated in an emergency seat. Has anyone ever found themselves seated in one of those? And I got asked about five times, 
um, are you willing to um, partner with us in the case of an emergency and to help us? About five times they ask that. Obviously, they have to kind of do that for legal reasons so that they've got a confirmation from you. And it's funny, this is what I thought on the inside. Absolutely, I am totally willing and, and happy to be a part of being involved in any emergency, whatever it may be quiet, because my whole life is about helping people in emergency, actually. My whole, the reason I'm on this earth, the reason that I have breath is to help people move from places of emergency into relationship with Jesus Christ and find themselves transformed and made whole and made well and find peace. That is what I'm here for. You know, the church, my friends, is not a cruise ship, it's a lifeboat. What we're doing here is we're plucking people out of places of destruction and darkness and we're bringing them into light. This place is not a cruise ship where we walk in and we say, can I please have my mocktail? Can I have the chair over there, please, with my name, my reserve sign on it? Can I please have a blankie because it's a little chilly this morning? Rather, we come into this place and we recognise we have a heavenly perspective. We're open eyes and we're open heart to see the people as they come in and we're ready to partner with them and to support people and walk together and to engage in our part and our purpose in this great church. And the title of my message today for the kingdom is at hand. Friends, I'm here to remind us that we get, uh, we're living a lovely natural life. However, I'm just bringing our attention to the fact that there is a supernatural thing going on out here as well. The kingdom of heaven is at hand here today. And Luke 17, 20 tells us about it in the coming of the kingdom. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. The kingdom of God, it's not a spectator sport. Church is not a spectator sport. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. It is in us, rather. It is coming and looking each Sunday isn't the activation of the kingdom. No, it's just the awareness of the kingdom. That's just the very beginning. I'm going to tell us how we activate the kingdom. And it goes on to say in Luke 17, 21, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts and among you, surrounding you. Wow. So, therefore, the kingdom of God is not in these walls or in these floors. The kingdom of God is not a building. Many times when we think of the kingdom of God, we, we think of a church, a place. But here's the reality. At the end of the night, when this whole place is packed down and put to bed, the kingdom of God isn't here in this meeting point. This is where we gather. Rather, it goes out with each and every one of you. You are the kingdom of God on earth. We are vessels of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. We are temples of the Holy Spirit and we carry him and we represent him as we move out into our, our, our workplaces, our family situations, the playgroups, the schoolyard. We carry him and we represent him. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is echoed and translated through our lives to the people around us. They see him as they look at us. It's in our hearts. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is in our hearts. You know, as our hearts align with God's kingdom and purpose, we make room for it to flow through our lives. But it happens first in our heart. It happens here. We make room in our heart for the kingdom of God and what he's doing. And then it moves through our life. The Bible tells us where our treasure is, our heart is. 
And I tell you, my treasure, my true north is building the the great house of God, is representing him on the earth. I would have to say, my life scripture is zeal for your house. It consumes me. I just love building the beautiful house of God. You know, the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I think out of the overflow of the heart, the hand gives. And out of the overflow of the heart, the hand builds. And out of the overflow of the heart, the hand sacrifices. And out of the overflow of the heart, the hand carries burdens, carries peoples, carries lives, carries responsibility. But it happens first. This is the center point here out of our very heart. How much room will we give him in our heart? How much territory will we give him in our heart in order to release the kingdom of God through our lives in Jesus' mighty name? You know, the Bible says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And um, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power of God may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We are earthen vessels, but we are carrying a great light, a great treasure, the light of the gospel that's on the inside of us, it's with us. And do you know what's interesting? You know, when we are conceived in our mother's womb, it is not just natural DNA that is woven together. The Bible tells us that God himself knits us together in our mother's womb. And yeah, we might have eyes that are like moms and hair that's like dads and the nose that's like great grandmas. There's all this natural DNA in there. Uh, But the the reality is that there is also a heavenly DNA that is interwoven with us. And and right now, even in in this service in our midst here today, it's creating an awareness of the heavenly DNA that is on the inside of you. There are gifts on the inside of you that God wants to release so that the kingdom of heaven would be reflected in your life through your life. You are significant. We're all on a journey. We all have a story, but I want to remind us wherever we're at in that today, you are significant. You are worth it. You've got something to give. You've got a light to shine. You've got a contribution to make. And this is why you may be the only person in your sphere of um, friendship circle that represents the kingdom of heaven, that is a carrier of the gospel of light. You may be the only ones. And there is no off-season in this life, in representing the kingdom of heaven. No generation, there is no off-season, there's no time to rest, no gender, no status, no cultural group. There is no off-season. We're all called into uh, to be engaged. And this is why, because nobody can touch your people group or your professional group or your generation like you can. Um, The reality is that there is a commonality and a rapport that is naturally within us to reach our people, our generation. And for someone like me to try and and glean and and understand and represent someone that's of a generation 20 years older than me, it requires a certain level of effort. But for someone that's in their 50s, it's effortless. It's natural. They don't even have to think about it. And really, the two things that are going to help people even uh, to come to church, firstly, is rapport, that there would be that commonality and respect, so they would respond to you, and then it's just boldness to ask the question. And if the rapport and the respect is there, many times they will say yes. And you know what? 
you don't necessarily have to feel like you've got to invite somebody to meet Christ because sometimes that can feel like a, a certain kind of challenge. How about you just invite them to church? How about you just invite them to Noosa Hangs? Like seriously, who doesn't want to go and hang out with all these beautiful people and have a barbecue together or whatever? Even if you can take that much ground, represent the kingdom that way. We can all do that in Jesus' name. Seriously, God's purpose is mobilized through us. Where the kingdom goes, we go. And you know what? Just as there is a a heavenly DNA on the inside of us, I want to encourage us that that heavenly DNA is in our husbands and in our wives and in our children and in families and in marriages and friendship circles together, we can call out the kingdom from the midst of the people. What I did today with Noah in in encouraging him and speaking those words over him, it was calling out the kingdom from within him. See, he was born with all that heavenly DNA wrapped up in that profound little person. It's all in there. But sometimes it requires someone, like I'm calling it out of all of us here today, to come alongside and just amplify. This is what's on the inside of you because there's so much coming at us in this life and we get sometimes stuck down underneath this stuff that we're seeing and hearing and we just need somebody to say actually the kingdom of God is in you there is profound heavenly DNA on the inside of you you actually have a significant contribution to make this planet you're not here per chance there is a purpose for you you're here to make a footprint on this earth for the kingdom of heaven in Jesus mighty name amen Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages with which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Whoa, there is a purpose in us which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. And we're going to fight, many of us here today, this is what I'm stirring up amongst us here today, there should be a dissatisfaction on the inside of us. If complacency settles down over that dissatisfaction, then I'm here to stir it up here today because there is nothing that satisfies but God's divine purpose. And we are on a search in this life to get ourselves locked into his rhythm, to return to the Lord, to get on that course so that we're bearing optimal and supreme fruit for the kingdom of heaven, so that the that our soul is satisfied, that we are outworking God's divine purposes for our life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.